That sound is so soothing. I feel like I'm sitting beside a fireplace snuggled up with a book, while the air is full of the aroma from my favorite candle. Welp, I guess I better snap out of it as I'm actually sitting in my office making sure these bills are paid. This coconut wax candle sure does transport you to a space of mental relaxation. These uniquely blended scents and these individually hand-poured candles never seem to irritate my allergies. I can't wait to set the mood tonight and soak in a bubble bath full of self-love. What have you done for yourself lately? Treat yourself or someone else to a toxic-free candle from Kahana Candles. Relax, you won't regret it. Candles are available at www.kahanacandles.com and ship nationwide. That's Kahana, K-A-H-A-N-A, candles with a K, dot com. Hey loves, I want to welcome you to Candid Conversations with me, Tania. This podcast is about exploring the thoughts that swirl around in my mind, having candid conversations with others, and sometimes I may read some original poetry or a blog I've written. I hope the content of each episode touches you in some way. Happy listening. Hey, hey, welcome to this episode of Candid Conversations. And on this episode, I have another guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. My name is Janelle. I am Tania's best friend slash cousin. Slash sister-in-law. She's everything, guys. She's everything. (laughs) More on that later. She's both. She's my cousin, sister-in-law, bestie. But you're going to love her. Um, So, yeah, tell people about yourself a little bit. Oh, just put me on the spot. Why don't you? Uh, It's candid (laughs) conversation. So, yes. Yes. So, if you don't know, I do not prepare my guests at all for these conversations. Because I want them to be candid. And I want you guys to enjoy every little moment that pops into their brain. Because they drop gems when they don't think they drop gems. So, yes. Tell the people about yourself. Um, So, I am in the process of trying to reinvent myself right now. Um, I think that's actually something really good to start with versus starting with my normal. I'm a mom of three and I'm tired. <laughs> um, no, I, I'm trying to reinvent myself. So then one would beg the question, why are we trying to reinvent ourselves? I, such a cliche answer, but I am still on the search for happiness and contentment within myself and also with like the life that I'm building. So But why do you feel it's cliche? Because everyone's chasing happiness. Is everyone chasing happiness? Or do you surround yourselves with people that are in the pursuit of their own happiness? And it seems cliche to you. I don't know because think about it. When you watch any movie, it's only a good movie if there's a happy ending, quote unquote. Now I'm over here in my brain trying to think of a movie that I love that does not have a happy ending. Yeah. I feel like there everyone's are some that always, exist. Everyone's always chasing that imaginary thing called happiness. Like, But is it imaginary or can we like make it tangible? You can make it tangible, but you need to know what it is for you. So with that being said, guess what we're going to talk about? <laughs> guess what we're going to talk about? All right. So my first question for you. Would you consider yourself a dreamer? But actually, before you even answer that, what does that even mean to you to be a dreamer? 
So a dreamer to me is someone that thinks bigger than they currently are. They have these grandiose ideas and dreams that would be scary to some, could be scary to them as well, but scary to some, kind of scary to them, so they don't know if they can do it or not. Um, And the second answer is yes, I am a total dreamer. With a smile on your face. (laughs) Oh my God, yes. So you love that you're a dreamer. So that kind of answers my question. Do you allow yourself to dream? And by like allow yourself to dream, do you know what I mean? I, I think so. So I think I'm letting my creativity uh, have more room to grow and play in my mind. Um, sometimes on paper, if I can get it down in time, but my my brain moves way too fast <laughs> I understand for me to that. collect all the information. Wait, so then where do you do most of your thinking? So I know for me, my thinking, don't judge me or judge me, it's up to you. <laughs> I do most of my thinking in the shower. So then I find that I have this thought and I'm repeating it to myself so I don't forget. So I can like go jot it down or run to my phone and like write it down or I'm in the car. And I've been told so many times, like don't daydream while I'm driving, but I get my most thinking done when I'm driving. And the same thing, I'm repeating it. Don't lose the thought. Don't lose the thought. Don't lose the thought. And yeah, then, then it's gone. Right. <laughs> But then I know I hold on to it because normally it happens like right when I'm about to pull into work and then you know what happens? Someone calls me and I'm like, no, why would you do that? Now my thought is gone. So yeah, where do you do your dreaming or your thinking? I think I do my best dreaming and thinking right before bed, right when I wake up, so when I'm still in my bed. And also, I'm happy you said the shower. My zen place is the bathroom. Man, it's like amazing. I get so much (laughs) done just like sitting on the floor, like in the shower. Yeah. And like, I feel like that sounds a little weird at first to people, but. I think it's so comforting. I'm going to, yeah, but I'm going to also say this too. Like I found small closed spaces that have a door with a lock are the places that I feel like I can get away. It's your escape. From people like little terrorists called children (laughs) um or i could get away from my husband i could just get away from the world like nobody bothers you when you're in the bathroom because all like really i could people be like what's i'm in the bathroom i'm using the bathroom i'm really just laying on the floor man i'm just laying on the floor listening to music maybe an audiobook I used to do that all the time. Like I now I'm in the bathroom, but I feel like, like you said, that used to be my escape. Like no one would come up to the bathroom that was in my room. So all the time I would just like go sit in the bathroom on the floor and like read a book. And then it'd be, it like evolved when I started drinking and I had a hangover. The coldness of the floor. It's amazing. Man, I would just be there for hours. Like this feels like heaven. And so now it's just like a happy place, a safe place. Like, so when I get a house, like I need my bathroom to be like big yeah. enough for me to lay down. But the other thing too, like if you have an office space or if you're in the living room or you're in the kitchen, somebody can come and bother you and be like, oh, I need you real quick. And they're going to kind of expect you to drop what you're doing and come help them. So do you find that you do that? Like if you're in the middle of like, no, I want to like work on my dream or execute my dream. Oh, so that people don't bother you. Yes. A hundred percent. So do you? F- I yell out the door. I'm sorry, I'm pooping. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you're sitting there just not pooping. Well, sometimes you probably are pooping, but yeah. But most of the time, I'm laying on the floor <laughs> with some incense burning. 
like now, <laughs> setting the vibes, set the vibes for the creativity. All right. Uh, where is my next one? Oh, major one, because I know how I feel about this one. Are you hardening yourself when your dreams don't come true or happen like in a timely fashion when you want them to happen? I used to be a lot harder on myself with that. Um, so I'll say yes, but that's actually something I'm currently working on, not being so hard on myself for. In general or just in your dreams, about your dreams? I would say in general, but also about my dreams. So an example, I too want to start a podcast. <laughs> I have all these ideas written down. I started recording things here and there, but I'm scared to hit that publish button or like really clean up the final editing because my biggest fear is failure. Mm. So I'm not scared to dream. I think I have great ideas, but I'm scared to act on them and execute them. Why? I don't even know if that was your question, but that's no, where I but went. No, <laughs> I, I love that you went there. Like, so why do you feel you have that fear, like, of executing your dreams? Um, It's really now, – now I'm about to be, like, sitting in my therapy chair. I'm here for it. <laughs> Let's therapize each other. And then just being like, you know what I don't know if that's from... a word. I don't know if that's a it's word. Right, we're going with that. All right, all right. <laughs> I'm going to sit here and be like, you know, it started in my childhood. Like, not trying to say – but a lot of times it's, it does, though. Yeah. Everything that we experience as adults starts in our childhood. Yeah. And by no means did my parents ever mean to cause any harm. Oh, but they do. They do. But Direct, indirect, it happens. And we're yeah. here. So my biggest problem right now is I'm a all or nothing person. Mm. Is A or B. Ooh. Ooh. Black or white. No gray for you? No, nah, I wish. But like, I don't know, because I was talking about this earlier in a conversation, and my therapist always tells me I live in the gray. And I'm like, in some situations, I feel like, yes, I can see how that totally is a bad thing, like when it comes to setting boundaries and things, right? Mm -hmm. But in other situations, if you're so black and white, you're not giving yourself grace. Exactly. I don't know what that word means. I mean, I do, but... You don't do know I, how to apply it to do yourself. Do I apply it to myself? No. Am I great at giving advice to other people I was and just helping them? About to say that. Oh shit! Absolutely, absolutely. So then, why is it so hard for you to take your own advice? Because I hold myself to the standards that my parents held myself or held me to when I was younger, and like it, it sounds like a joke to some people, and I know a lot of people, especially black kids, are gonna be like, "Yo, me too." <laughs> <laughs> but it. It's this kind of stuff that affects you. I'd come home with a test, said 98%. Instead of saying, good job, Janelle, I'd get the, well, where's the other 2%? Oh, my God. Everybody's going to laugh because if you remember the episode with my mom, or I don't remember what episode it was on, but I legit gave the same exact example. So, yes, I'm that black kid that's like, yeah, me too. Because, like, oh, what happened to the other two points? Like. See, I, I knew I wasn't the only one who grew up like this, guys. Yeah. I was not the only one. But yes, keep going. I shouldn't have interrupted. No, no, no. It's fine because <laughs> I'm happy somebody else gets it. Like, but hearing that kind of stuff over and over, and I know it wasn't them saying it because they weren't proud of me. They just wanted me to do better. Mm -hmm. They, I was already doing good in their eyes. They just wanted me to do better. But I internalized that, flipped the script and everything. Like, and now you're a perfectionist. I'm not enough. Mm -hmm. Everything's got to be perfect. Yep. Like super type A, super OCD. Yes. And then when your house or something is in disarray, you're like, 
paralyzed. Like, oh, I have to clean all this, but I don't want to clean all this because it's a mess. Like, everything just compounds. But that leads me to another story. My dad hates when I tell this story, but I'm going to tell it anyway. (laughs) I was waitressing one night. I was maybe 18 or 19, okay? So, like... I don't want to say grown, but kind of grown. <laughs> you, was, you was grown, not paying bills, living in his house. Yes. That's that's that kind of grown. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I called him to say, hey, I'm going to be home a little later. I'm going out with my work friends after my shift is over. Mm-hmm. I hate that my work friends were like really close by and my dad is so loud because on the other end of the cell phone, they heard him screaming at me saying, no, you're going to come home. Your room is a disaster. Oh. You left an empty Gatorade bottle on your dresser. Mind you, that was literally the only thing that was out of place in my room. An empty Gatorade bottle. But your room is a mess. No, you can't go nowhere. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm the way I am. <laughs> they make us crazy. Parents make us crazy. They say that we give them gray hair, but man, like I feel like I have a lot up in here because oh, of too. mine. I just dyed my hair though, so I'm good. You know, soon come, soon come, waiting on that uh, that appointment approval. Okay, do you think there's a limit on how many dreams a person can have? I used to. Mm, what changed? I don't know. That's a good question. What changed? I'm not sure. But now I don't feel like you're made to only do one thing. I used to think you had only one purpose in life Mm. and you need to fulfill that one purpose. But I think as you get older, as you evolve, because you don't stay the same, your purpose can change over time. So I have multiple questions. So many things just (laughs) popped into my head as you were saying that. I should have wrote them down, but I didn't. So hopefully I don't forget them. But my first one was, that wasn't my first one, but I'm like dying to know. So no. Okay. I'm going to go with my gut and go with the first one. Do it. How does, how do I word this? You having multiple, you, your belief in multiple dreams, because I struggle with this, like in like relationships. So how does you being, how, how do you be, how does, I'm an English teacher guys, I should know this. How does you being a dreamer and having multiple dreams, how does that affect your relationships? Whether it be with family, significant others, friends how does that affect it because legit as you were talking I'm playing in my head the many scenarios that I've gone through in my past romantic relationships where I'm like oh I want to try this I want to try that I like I want to do so many things and I feel like for so long I allowed fear to hold me back from doing these dreams and in some past relationships I've been supported and then like in other relationships they're like well why you got to do so much Like, why is this? So, like, how has that played out for you? I just asked, like, both my questions in one. So, hopefully. (laughs) No, I got that. And it actually, like, lit. A a light bulb just went off. And I was just like, well, duh, Janelle. Why did it take you this long until right now, this moment, to figure this out? So, it all started with your cousin. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. Because, so, I'm married to a dreamer. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm married to the dreamer of all dreamers. This man, who is like, I don't want him to hear this, <laughs> but I do kind of like worship the ground he walks on. <laughs> but if he asked me that, I would deny it. Totally going to make sure he listens to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he 
has tried and failed at so many different things. When we first started dating, he was in community college. Um, he'd gone to different, a few different schools. He's changed his major, I want to say like four or five times, and not just change it from like, oh, business to communications. It was like, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a lawyer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to go into mathematics. Yep. Like, big, big, big. big changes. Like, mm-hmm. life-changing changes. You know? And this is like when we first started dating, even after we had our first kid. Um, but I was always there supporting him. Mm-hmm. So he didn't I mean, yeah, he probably felt a little bad about it, but I was always there, like his cheerleader behind, like, you can do it. It's okay. Like, I know this is not like, quote unquote, normal for other people. But it's our normal. Yeah. Like, do what's, what is going to make you happy. It's going to make you money. Like, it's okay. It's okay. Like, I think it's better to figure out all this stuff in your 20s and 30s. Mm-hmm versus figuring it out when you're like 60. Yes, you can figure it out when you're 60, but you think it'd be better like earlier. The earlier you start figuring yourself out, the happier you'll be for longer. Exactly. Um, And you won't have regrets later. Mm -hmm. So wait, but do you have regrets? Um, I think I used to have a lot of regrets. Mm -hmm. I'm learning to not have regrets about my old regrets. Why? If that makes sense. Yeah, when did that shift happen? Like why? Why are you now trying to teach yourself that lesson or unlearn the thought about regrets um a lot of things i've been i've had the whirlwind of a life recently like my grandmother passed and she was literally my world Mm -hmm. like and you know that yep for the least listeners like (laughs) she was literally my world and it rocked my world hard so i'm just I'm trying to really figure out my life now. Like Mm -hmm. she believed in me so much. So I want to continue that belief to keep her alive in my brain. I got it. (laughs) I know I can't actually keep the dead alive. No, but like they're always alive (laughs) in our hearts. Yeah. So back to you. So I, I love that you explained when your shift happened. And you said that Justin was the catalyst for you allowing yourself to dream and have multiple dreams. So how does how does you being a dreamer how are, are any of your other relationships are affected? Um, my parents definitely think I'm nuts. Like Do you find that that oftentimes happens though? Because I feel like our parents were raised in the generation of like you must have this job. You need a corporate job. Yes. You must go to college. Or be a doctor. Yes. Be a lawyer. (laughs) Be something success be something we deem as successful. Yes. And I feel like our generation specifically, we're like, well, I don't necessarily want to work for someone else. I want to go out on my own. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like family, you get a lot of backlash. Yeah, and especially when they're not American. Oh, go more into detail about that. Yeah, no, my family is from the Caribbean. That I feel like enough said. <laughs> <laughs> well, enough said if like you had the same experience, but not everyone grows up in a Caribbean household. Caribbean households. I don't care where you are currently located. If your family has any island in them, like so both my parents were born in Trinidad and Tobago. Mm-hmm. And they moved here right before I was born. But, and so, yes, I grew up in here in America, in the Bronx, 
but I grew up in a Trini, you know, very traditional Caribbean household. We don't do the shit that these American kids be doing. <laughs> okay. Y'all be getting away with murder. If I even thought that, it's like they could come and see inside my brain mm-hmm. and see that I had that thought and make sure it leaves me very quickly. I understand. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I'm not going to have this thought because I don't want to get slept down. Yep. I understand. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, my family, I don't know. They're trying to be. More open-minded. More open-minded and more supportive. But is, do you think that they're becoming. But they don't understand. Okay. So they don't understand. But the more you are open and free about who you are and what you want to do, do you think that's what's pushing them to be more open-minded? No, but I think them seeing me at such a low point Mm. and me explaining how I truly felt versus hiding it all the time. Well, not really truly how I felt, I gave, I, but I gave them enough glimpses inside. Give them a little tidbits, like if, yeah. I, if I gave you the whole thing. Yeah, you would have me committed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I gave them enough to see on the inside that it's like, okay, wow, this is really affecting her. She's really not happy doing this. Let's try to support her in the things that seem to be like making her happy. I love that. Yeah. Do you think being a dreamer affects the way you mom? Yes. Why? A hundred percent. Why? You don't think that it, well, first answer me why it affects, you think it affects your children? I think because I'm letting them know it's okay to not do the normal things. Like my oldest son, he's great at drawing. If I was great at drawing at that age, which I think I was. My parents wouldn't tell me, yes, go be an artist. There's all different types of ways you can be an artist. They'd be like, get your face back in those books and study. Mm -hmm. My son, I am like bigging him up all the time. And I'm just like, this is great. Like I had his photos or not photos, but like his drawings. Yeah. I had them put together in a book like professionally because like I want him to see how far he's come as he gets better at this stuff. Like I love that. Like, no, I want my kids to do what they want. I'm not going to look down on any job or anything. Like, I want them to just be happy with what they're doing and content with within themselves. So that's what you're saying. You're modeling for them. Like, because you're a dreamer, you're like, they're seeing mommy dream and like, go after her goals. Like, so it's just going to trickle down to them. Yeah. Well, not only just by them seeing it, I need to actively speak Mm -hmm. about it to them. I love that. I love that. And so you say that your husband supports you in dreams. Is there ever a time when like your dreams create conflict between you two? I don't, I wouldn't say conflict. We're very good at communicating. I love it. It Communication is key. It really is though. And it hasn't always been great communications. Like how I could go home tonight and we not be able to communicate properly. But like majority of the time, We have great communication because we both actively work on it. Here's a key, people. You have to work on relationships. All of them. Not just like romantic ones. All relationships. Yeah. But also like love and caring for someone is not enough. It's 
I like I, I don't want that to come out like harsh or mean, but it's not. I think it's I don't know if it's you, harsh or mean or if it is, it's reality. Yeah, like you have to work on things. You are both not ever the same as you were when you first met. Things happen, you know, good, bad, ugly, whatever. Things happen and you need to communicate. They can't read your mind. You can't read their mind. No. But do you think that love has to be the foundation or you guys need to have some agreed upon foundation so that you can work through those things or at least agree that you need to be able to work through the things? Yes, but in what terms are we talking? I feel like this can go so many different ways. I guess always. I guess because in my brain, right, I have so many things swirling around. I've been watching Red Table Talk lately. I literally just finished Will Smith's book and – their relationship has evolved over time. I do agree with what they came up with. Like no one else can make you happy, but you, you have to make you happy. I've been trying to tell you that, but (laughs) you have to make you happy. But at the end of the day, if you're going to be in a relationship with someone, what is, what does that foundation entail? Like, is there a specific foundation or do you just have to agree upon the foundation? No, actually, I think you touched on it already. I think the foundation is you, loving or at least being okay with yourself and then working with that next person on the communication man okay so spoiler alert for all of you that have not read will's book yet and i know you're you just started it but there is legit one of my favorite quotes i think it's like around the middle of the book or toward the end Mm -hmm. where he talks about when they exchange their vows And it changed my whole perspective on everything, like dreams and just anything I want to do for myself. Because at the end of the day, when I'm making a vow, to whether it be to myself or a promise to anyone, he literally says, when you exchange vows with someone, you're not vowing to stay with them or you're not making a promise to them. You are vowing that you are willing to love the weakest parts of yourself because that's what's tested when you are going through it with someone, because I'm a firm believer that when you get in a relationship with someone, they become your mirror. They show you all the parts of you that need work. Like I, I'm, a, I'm a person where if I get into an altercation with someone, um, not altercation, you know what I meant? Like yeah. we get into a disagreement. I take a step back and I'm like, well, why are we having this issue? Why don't I like this interaction? And it literally boils down to something that about me. Like, mm-hmm. how did I move in this situation? Do I like the way I move? Like, all these different things. But it all boils down to something that I can work on. Yeah, but, and that's so deep. And I think you're so spot on. But people people can't look in the mirror like that. No, so people, it's, it's so scary. hard. It's scary. So imagine you being in a relationship with someone where you are their constant mirror and they're not used to it. Yeah. Like all of everything comes up, especially if that person has never worked on their own like trauma. You are constantly like a a trauma slap in the face for them. And if they're not ready, that can cause so many issues within the relationship between you that maybe both of you are not ready to handle or don't have, you're not equipped with the tools to. Mm -hmm. So it's like, that's at the basis. So then when you get to like talking about dreams and stuff like that, and that's why I asked you like, how does that impact your relationships? Because maybe you're triggering something that they want to do and don't know how. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, so then do you stop yourself from dreaming or do like, how does that work? Or like, you want to be with this person. And it's like, 
are they holding me back? Am I holding myself back? There's so many different layers. You know what I'm saying? Communication. That big old fancy word. <laughs> Communication. So that's worked for you, communicating. Yes. It is not easy. Mm-hmm. So we've, do you ever been like- doing it for 12 years now? <laughs> so it gets easier over time. Like, have you ever been in a situation with anyone where you had a dream, but you were afraid to communicate it because of how you thought they would react? Yeah, I think so. Or does your fear come from somewhere else? For me, I know like I'm like an overthinker. So I'm like, I play this scenario out in my head as many, I like math also. So as many different probabilities and possibilities I can think of, I'm playing that scenario out in my head before I even say anything to that person, which I'm trying to work on because Mm -hmm. like I try not to make assumptions and I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to say it. I'm going to be in a moment. Whatever happens, I'm going to deal with it. Mm -hmm. So, but when you have a dream or you just want to execute anything, because I feel like at the end of the day, any thought we have is a dream at some point, right? True. So when we communicate it to someone, do you have a fear sometimes communicating that? Yeah. And I usually, I've gotten better at it. You need to find one person that you trust to talk to about certain things and also someone that's not going to judge you for what you're about to say, but they will give you honest feedback. Mm. It's not easy to come across a person like that. I'm lucky enough that I have my husband mm-hmm. for that and I have you for that. Aww. You know? <laughs> I love it. But um but but really like there's things that I dream about that I I wouldn't tell some people because they'd be like, "Yo, you dreaming too big." But it's like, "No, not really." No. You know? And you have to, I, I've just learned, like, you can't, you can't share everything with everybody and everyone, everyone doesn't want to see you win. Exactly. Everyone doesn't want to see you win. And I'm learning to, you actually gave me this idea, having the board of directors for my life. Yes. And so. Go ahead, board of directors. Go ahead. Tell them what it's about. <laughs> so having a board of directors in my life, I have literally just started switching out who I should have around me. And I don't mean switching out like, oh, I'm taking you out of my life. I'm putting you in my life. I'm just more so I've started paying attention to when I'm happy and who contributes to my happiness. Not saying like I need them to make me happy. But when I am high or I'm doing something, not high like off marijuana, guys. (laughs) When I'm like high in life, like when I've just achieved something that I've wanted so badly or I'm happy and I share it with a person. How are they reacting to me? I'm starting to pay attention, right? Or when I'm upset, what caused me to be upset? If I could trace it to a person, why did I allow that person to be like uh, make me upset? Or how why did I allow that event to uh, cause this emotion within me? And I'm just like, I don't want to have people in my circle that don't support me or are constantly telling me like, oh, you shouldn't have done this. Not saying I'm surrounding myself with yes people, but don't tell me or don't condemn me for acting a certain way because I'm not acting according to how you feel I should be acting. And now, so I have another question for you uh-huh. on these board of directors. Do you have certain roles that people should fill? Example would be this person is who I go to for career advice or is my mentor. This person is who I go to for you know, relationship advice or my sounding board for that. This person is who I go to to talk really creative about, creative with. 
I feel like I, they all can't have the same role. So I, I okay. Hmm. I feel like I've had this conversation with my bestie Lillian before. And I was like, man, I never thought about that. Like, do mm-hmm. I have a friend for this in my life? Do I have a friend for that in my life? But you just, you inspired that thought in my head. And now you're asking me, and I've tried so many different different times on several different occasions to like place certain people like in this role and that role. But I'm going to say, no, I don't. I think I have equal positions in my life where I'm just like, I trust you implicitly. You are my safe space. You are my sounding board. And I think the people I have in my life, you guys all have so much going on that like if I know that you have something going on, I'm going to text Lily. Or if I know like Sheena just had like, she has something going on with the baby, I'm going to text you. Like Mm -hmm. I, all of you hold the same role. But I'm very careful with like, I don't want to, and I'm working on this too. I can't be like, oh, she's so busy. Like, I can't like go talk to her, right? Yeah. I'm working on that. But I do surround myself with people where I'm like, I trust all of your judgment on all accounts. Or let's say like maybe you're struggling in your relationship. That doesn't make me not want to talk to you about relationships. For me, there's something I could learn from. So if I have a romantic relationship struggle or friendship struggle, I'm going to talk to all of you about it because you have three different perspectives. Yeah. And just because I talk to you about it, none of the people on my board of directors expect me to operate based on the advice that you give me. And that is why you're on my life board of directors. Yeah. And another way to think about it, and I can't remember this whole board of directors idea. If I, if someone told me or if I read it in a book, I really think it was like one of my career coaches, Mm -hmm. to be honest that said this to me, but um, like with your board of directors, it should be like top eight, nine people. And also think about it, about like having all these people in the same room with you sitting at a table. Like that's literally how, how I imagine will, it in my head. How will the interaction with all these different people also go? Not saying that you need to make this based on, will they all get along with each other? Because some of them may never meet. Exactly. But how, how does it work like in your favor? I think I play those scenarios out in my head. Again, me overthinking. But but like, is it overthinking? You're just planning. That's overthinking. Yes, I am overthinking. I mean, I situation. overthink too. So maybe so, I, ex- I, I shouldn't help you. Exactly. I'm like, no, I'm definitely <laughs> overthinking. But like, I think it's interesting that you said that my life board of directors would never meet because literally for me, I'm like, no, y'all are all meeting because like you guys all love me. Like you, that means in my mind, you would all get along in some way. There's something that connects you to me. So why wouldn't you find connections amongst each other? And in my experience, I've introduced some of my board of directors in my life to one another and you guys click, you hit it off. So no, I think my board of directors is pretty solid. No, but I mean, I, so on my board of directors, like I have someone that no one else has ever met. Like maybe one or two people I've talked to real quick, but no one else has ever met. I don't think they'll ever not get along with people. I think people will love this person, but there just hasn't been that opportunity to meet yet. But they're still on my board of directors. That makes sense. I cultivate those opportunities because I'm like, let's hang out, guys. Come over. Like, so no, I make sure it happens. The other thing about board of directors, at least for me, 
So it's just a little thought uh, or advice. I like everyone being at different ages. I don't want everyone to be the same age as me. I thought it was totally me. I feel like no. am I the only most, person? Honestly, most of them are older than me. On I my was just about to say that I think I'm my youngest person. Because yeah. honestly, I'm on my thing. own board of directors. I Yes, me, her, she, I, me. I'm on my own board of directors. So I venture to say that I am the youngest person on my board of directors. Even if like I'm separated by like a year or two by some of you. But I'm my youngest I'm, I'm lying. I'm lying. I just remembered someone on my board of directors. And we're the same age, but she's younger than me. Because I'm not the youngest one. But either way, I like you, I have like very different ages. Because even though someone is older than me, they could have a different life experience than me. Like there are oftentimes people on my board of directors. I'm also on their board of directors. Mm-hmm. And I'm younger than them. But my life experiences are different. Mm-hmm. So I think it's so important to have different people in different stages of life because I have someone on my board of directors and that's in their 40s but is not married and is single so I, I get like all different types of experiences and different ethnicities too that's a big one I don't I don't, I don't think I have that <laughs> not, just to be honest I don't think I have you that do. you have some well, not everyone's black mm, I mean it's, that's debatable, right? Because like, <laughs> it, I feel like you can trace everyone's lineage back to Africa. All right. We're not going that far. I'm just saying. <laughs> you can. Like, we was all on a boat and got dropped off in different places. Like, <laughs> But I mean, not everyone looks the same. Oh, no. We all look different, different. Yeah. Like, I think, I think that plays a big role. Because if you continue to surround yourself just by the people that look like you and think like you. No. You ain't going nowhere. And I, I love that the closest people to me yes we agree on some things but we think differently on so many different things Mm -hmm. but i love that because we can challenge each other to broaden our like spectrum of the world and are open to challenging versus having an argument on it yeah no everyone on my board of directors super open to challenge I'm like, oh, well, have you thought about it this way? I'm good for that because I'm not a person. I don't like to offer advice because I know when someone tells me to do something once, I'm listening. But if you keep telling me, character flaw, working on it, I'm going to do the direct opposite. I know I get it from my grandmother. She's literally a rebel without a cause, my maternal grandmother. So, like, I like to challenge people, but only if I know that they're open to the challenge. Otherwise, I feel like – it's going to turn into an argument Mm -hmm. and it's like a waste of my breath. It's a waste of my energy. And I don't want to be a part of like negative interactions anymore. And I feel like if I can help it. Yeah. It's also a different time. And I don't know if it's just because it is just different decade, different times now, Mm -hmm. or if it's because we're older, but I feel like back in like the nineties and early two thousands, it was always like, very negative like an example is the the movie mean girls oh my god i love that movie don't judge me i didn't realize until i saw mean girls that i was totally a mean girl same i didn't realize it like i had oh my god everyone's going to to judge me when i see so did i but then like Lindsay lohan were you was i Lindsay or was i regina i don't know but what i know is yeah and guys, if you are listening, you are you're gonna know who you are 
we totally had a burn book in middle school. We had oh one. God. We didn't know it was called a burn book. We yeah. just had a, a notebook where we just talked, like my friends and I, and we just talked about our life experiences. Of course, you're in middle school. Things come up. We're talking about people like, did you see what this girl did? But we didn't use our real names. Like we all had like code names or whatever. So if anyone ever found the notebook, it'd be like, oh, okay, well, we don't know who they, who these people are. We don't know who they're talking about. But the worst part of it was we had a burn book for like everyone, but then like three or four of us had a burn book like outside of that one. So we could also talk about the girls that were in the other burn book. But again, all these terms like burn book and mean girls, I didn't know those were things. Like this is just how we were. And then the movie Mean Girls came out and I was like, holy shit. Like, I'm a mean girl. Because, like, when our notebook did get found by a teacher, we were like, well, what is the big deal? Like, legit, like, naive, dumbfounded. Like, why is it a big deal? We're literally just talking. And she was like, girls, are you serious? I still talk to this teacher, like, to this day. Like, I love her. She's literally my inspiration. She is why I went skydiving. She exposed me to so much as a kid. She is the reason why I love science. But anyways, I digress. But she found it, and I was just like, I don't understand what we're doing wrong. And she took the time to explain it. I still was like, I don't get it. Like, what's the big deal? And like in hindsight, I'm like, wow. She was like really being a good person trying to help us out in life. Because then later, my friend was dating this person in high school, right? I never understood why he didn't like me. But, you know, I guess like you have like blackout moments. You're just doing things you just don't remember. But if it impacts someone else, they totally remember. Yes. And so, like, later in life, he's like, I ran into him one day. And he was like, you know why, like, I have such an issue with you? And I'm like, no, I've legit never known. He's like, yo, you took a cookie in the middle of the lunchroom, like, in the hallway. We had this, like, two, we, it was a hallway where everyone let out in the middle of their classes congregating. He was like, yo, you took a cookie and held it next to my face. I was like, don't he look like this cookie? And I was like, no, I didn't. I was like, I would never do anything like that. And he was like, I swear you didn't. And I was like, I am so sorry. Like, I legit don't remember doing oh, that. because he hit puberty. I don't know. He was way older than me, too. Like, I don't remember doing this. And I was like, I'm <laughs> such a jerk. I, I, if, if you're saying it happened, I'm pretty sure it did. Like, I'm not negating your, your experiences. Like, I apologize. Like, I didn't realize. Like, so, yes, me, being a mean girl is such a thing. I've, I'm so glad that I've grown since then. Same. I feel like it's... <laughs> I feel like I know now you're laughing at the stuff I did, but like I was such a mean girl. I feel like it's all the mean girls that are now like, let's go and help the world be a better place. I thought it was just me, like, because (laughs) all of my friends are just like, they're on this enlightened path and like, let's meditate. And I'm like, is like, why are we like this? Are we just finding a sense of like finding ourselves or like, is it like remorse in some way? Because I don't feel remorse. I can't remember half the shit I I did. I think it's remorse, but something I've been thinking about a lot recently and I think this is what's been holding me back from starting the many different businesses that I want to start Mm -hmm. and I always feel so silly saying that because it's like you can't just stick with one thing like you can't just stay with your corporate job meaning but like I want I want to start like four different businesses meanwhile you're sitting in my apartment business one over here business two right here like so I get it like I really I really want to but um the the whole era of the internet burned us like burned millennials you know because we were the first ones like learning to use it got in trouble with it man 
Like, I thought getting in trouble with prank calls was a thing because, yeah. oh, I did that and lied about it. Like, it's a whole thing. Uh-huh. But the internet That's when all those in a lot came of came out, trouble. like the rankings and like, it was bad. MySpace. So you feel like we learned Facebook, our like lessons early. Zanga. People even remember that one. I remember Zanga. Um, but like, I mean, I know I got burned like using that stuff. Where now these Gen Zs and everybody else, I, I don't even remember all the names of these, these, uh, what is the word? Platforms? Social platforms? No. Uh, like Black Planets and stuff? No. I uh, Jesus Christ, I can't find my words. I don't know. Like we're millennials, there's Gen Zs. I don't know, the younger people. The yeah, ones that, fine, just you know the them. younger people. I don't know what Gen else. Gen Y, I don't know. What I don't they know are. they call all of them. Okay. So I'm just saying just Gen Z and, and then some. Um, it's been out, so they know how to use this stuff to their advantage. We almost like just were like, nah, just keep it away from us. We ain't using it because we 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 don't fucked up before. Mm-hmm. I ain't gonna get myself in that mess again. But now I'm over here like, all right, you know what? Let me explore this platform because I did, you know, like flock towards it in the beginning when it first came up, like mm-hmm. blogging, writing your stuff, talking but about your But with that things. being said, like because we were burned in the past, do you think we kind of navigate more cautiously? Hell like yeah. when we blog or like in terms of work, right? Even just like starting a business or like trying to dream it like – do you find that you're not like, hey, I'm about to leave this job while I'm executing this dream or Listen, getting this dream off the ground? I am moving so slow and timid on this stuff because I don't want to ruin what I have already built, mm-hmm. but I want to chase my dream. I want to chase it, but I'm so scared. I definitely understand that. I'm like afraid of giving up my benefits and like, I have a lot of fears, but maybe we'll get into that on a different episode. Yes. <laughs> but just, I do feel my job allows because I've been doing it for so long and I'm comfortable in it I'm I don't want to say my job allows me I'm finally allowing me to dream while I have this job why can't I do both I actually do enjoy what I do for a living for the most part but then like uh I'm don't want to retire doing this yeah I know that I don't have children yet, but when I do have children, my job allows me to be there for them in a way. And I want to live a certain quality of life. So do I keep the job? Do I execute a dream? Why can't I do both? Am I going to neglect my future husband? Am I going to neglect my kids by going after my dream and still working? Like all of these things play into my brain. Mm -hmm. But and that I, doesn't want that doesn't mean I want to stop going after my dream. Yeah, no. So I I feel that a lot, and like you know, and I'm not gonna get too deep into it, but like I've been out on leave for like the last three four months, and um, when I go back to work Monday, like how scary is that? I'm so scared. <laughs> <laughs> but when I go back to work on Monday. I don't want to fall back into that old bad habit of acting like everything is fine and I can do everything and burning out and not then being able to do anything or just not giving enough of myself to my home and Mm -hmm. my family because I'm just like, well, I got to go get this money uh, to make y'all happy but and like to make people that I don't live with 
happy. So this brings me to like my last question, right? If I gave you a list of things, family, work, dreams, you, prioritize them. Because I feel like if you put them into a, a priority list, do you think that would help you going back to work? You know what I'm saying? Um, the list alone, no. Mm-hmm. But I've actually been working on all of this for like the last few weeks, mm-hmm. like making different priority lists and then also breaking it down even further. Like these are the things that I need to handle in these priorities before I go on to the next okay. priority. So like I'm at the top of the list now. And if you asked me this even five months ago, I would have been at the bottom of the list. I 100% like understand that. So like the I have myself on the top of my list and like then a small section of me on the list is then, okay, meditate, exercise, take time to dream and think and plan, you know, then next is family. Spend time with my kids, spend time with my husband, make sure my bills are paid so they have a place to live, you know, and just, I keep breaking it down like that and work which is not my dream job or goal, but current work right now is like, okay, I don't want to say do the bare minimum, but do what is in my job description. Mm -hmm. And I don't need to go above and beyond because nobody, at the end of the day, nobody cares. Exactly. You're putting all that pressure on yourself to impress someone that's like, yeah, anyways, on to the next. Yeah. Like, so how I mean, are they you- care, but really nobody cares. No. So how are you going to prevent burnout while still achieving your dreams? I have no idea. But about to figure out it's come Monday. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Jumping head first. Like, I love it. So any final words? What are your takeaways from this episode about dreams, life? We, we went over a bunch of things. Yeah, I hope anyone listening to this, they are really just, I hope you just have a pen and paper. You're, you've been pausing this at some point. <laughs> like, oh, that's a good, that's a good one. Let me write this down. Um, I would say, don't be afraid to dream. Yes, it's scary, but it's okay. Like, figure out what it is that you want, and also say it out loud because talking about this with you right now is like making it a reality. Yeah. Are you like holding yourself accountable in some ways because we're talking about it out loud? I think so. Um, and then like the thing that's so scary, like, and people do this all the time, but I'm going to totally do a plug for a podcast I do not have yet. Yes. I was totally <laughs> going to ask you to do that. You can't see right now, but I'm like raising the roof right now. I'm at old school. Totally going to ask you to do that. Like, where can the people find you? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm trying to come out of my shell and live to help people grow. Cause I feel like that's one of my, my purposes right now is like, I need to share my story. Uh, so other people can benefit as mm-hmm. well. So um, I am hoping to put out a podcast. I mean, now that I'm saying it out loud and I know she's going to publish. This totally going to publish the episode. So before the end of January, 2022, Ow, ow. I'm going to publish at least two episodes. I'm here for it. On my new podcast. Baby Steps. And the we pod- have a name for the podcast yet? Yes. The Yay. podcast is called Healing with Hunt. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So again, Healing with Hunt. And Hunt is spelled H-U-N-T-E. I love it. Um, 
hopefully I'll be dropping some gems there. Maybe I'll have I'll have Tania come out and I'd be so and be down. a guest as well. I'd be so down. <laughs> so with that said, would you come back to uh, Candid Conversations for another episode? Yes. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, stay tuned for our very next episode. And maybe Janelle will come back. See you later. Thanks again for listening to the conversation I had with my cousin Janelle. I hope you guys enjoyed the crazy turns and twists that our conversation took. I know oftentimes we were probably way, way, way off topic. I don't know yet because I haven't edited the episode, but I'll get to it. Um, I chose Janelle for this episode, honestly, because she's just so amazing. And I love the journey that she's on. And I'm just, I like to support who I love in every way possible. And I'm glad that I could support her in this way. And having her on this podcast actually was the catalyst for her to, or build the confidence to actually get out there and start recording her own and start pushing her own businesses. And I'm just so, so proud of her, the mom she is, the woman she is, and who she's becoming. And she's really just stepping into her own and just not caring what anyone else thinks. So yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And Janelle, thank you again. Love you. Also, guys, I want to thank you for uh, listening to the episode through a portion where I know there's a little bit of noise. That was my mom coming in. She decided to pop up on us so we could have a family girls night. And I must say we did enjoy ourselves. We always love spending time with my mom. But yeah, again, that was just her coming in and pouring pouring herself a drink to join in with me and Janelle as we were winding down the podcast. Thanks again for listening. As always, thank you for listening. You can follow me on Instagram at knowingnia. If you'd like to be on an episode or want to talk about a topic, send me a DM. I love to hear what you think, so please follow, rate, and review. Until next time, continue to live in your truth. Be love, be light, be you. Peace. Peace.